Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today, it's all about trucks. 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 Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. What up, Kev? <laughs> How are you, man? Oh, man. Things are good. Things are good. And, man, do I love myself a truck. God. You know, yeah. I got to say, though, I'm a sports car driving guy. Like, I love going fast and cornering and hammering on the brakes and all that stuff. But trucks are just awesome. And when you can do with a truck, it's just too cool. You know, yeah, like, man. I don't know how you live without a truck. Yeah, I, I don't I've got, you know, three or four of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, you know, I, I believe me, I understand you in that regard. It's uh, it, it is one of those things. It's just uh, be it utilitarian, uh, towing, uh, you know, rat rod styles. Trucks are popping off now. You know, it's just amazing to see all the aftermarket support folding into the, the world of trucks. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to see the prices trucks are bringing like Dude, I'm telling you, if you want a hot ticket right now, if you want some big numbers at any auction, the way to go is trucks. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as we know, I mean, the the old C10s are going nuts. You know, obviously, the 50s and 60s trucks have been just popular forever, and it's just kind of working its way up in the, the time scale of old trucks. But, uh, right. you know, there is surely not a, sh- a shortage of... Uh, you know, love and desire for these new trucks, and people are willing to spend some big bucks on some of these, man. Some of these configurations. Yeah, man. You know, like the like the Denali one that you were talking about earlier before we got on the air. I mean, oh, my God, we're pushing oh. six figures in a truck. Yeah, man. I, I, right now, via my radio station, we have a really cool partnership with a dealer here in town. I'm driving a 2020 Yukon Denali with an eight-inch lift, a lot of cool custom stuff done to it, custom wheels. You know, the lift is all anodized. You know, I'll be honest, it's a pavement princess. It's nothing I would own, but they asked me to do a review on it. And I'm telling you, man, I couldn't believe the price tag of this truck. Trucks are going for six figures, $100,000 right now. It's not unheard of when you're stepping onto a, you know, a showroom floor looking for trucks. It's great. Yeah. Well, you know? it's a good thing that there's a whole lineup from, you know, lifted jacked up eight inch you know with all the bells and whistles and all the technology and everything you could ever want and, and there's somebody willing to pay 100 g's and then there's you know the two-door truck with two-wheel drive and you know the basic functions yeah. in there for everybody else on the other end of the spectrum we're like dude i just need to throw a bunch of brick and mulch and you name it in the back and yeah, car parts man. and you name it <laughs> Uh, exactly yeah this one does have a lot of custom work done to it custom interior they blacked out all the chrome on it you know removed the bunch so it does have a lot of bells and whistles but i'll tell you man i will never pay a hundred thousand dollars for a damn pickup truck it ain't gonna happen never that's more i paid for my first house in colorado significantly more so i'm like no man i'm not gonna do it but people do and that's the great thing about it regardless if you're you know me i'm into wheeling i love four-wheeling off-roading i got a good rock crawler um for me i I like getting my truck out and using it having fun with it boldly going where no truck has gone before or in my mind i like to think that so i get out there and beat on my stuff man uh i'm not one of those guys that you know all flossy and glossy and got all the pretty stuff underneath it and you know all of that I, i got a truck for business well, when you're wheeling, are are you towing, you know, one of your dedicated rigs or are you actually wheeling in your pickup truck? According to where I'm going wheeling, 
Um, I do have a 2000 F-250. Uh, it's the captain's edition from Ford. It's got the, you know, captain chairs, carbon fiber interior, all that cool stuff. I picked it up back in the day and it's on 38s. So it's a big, it's a big truck anyway, but it's got the 7.3 diesel in it. I've done all the upgrades to it. So I've gone wheeling in that thing as long as it's, you know, a lot of forest roads here in Colorado. So when you head up the mountain, you can just peel off the interstate, hit a U.S. forest road and go back wheeling. But the U.S. forest roads are maintained. They're not like, you know, they're not something that's going to require, you know, locked front and rear. Uh, although my, my truck is locked um, and I do have a winch on it in case I get into hairy situations. Uh, but, you know, my rock crawler, you know, it's got a, a big Dana Kingpin 60 up front, 14 bolt in the rear. It's locked front and rear. It's winched front and back. You know, it's got the split transfer case. Um, it, it's a nasty rock crawling son of a bitch. Whereas my diesel, uh, I usually tow, like if I'm doing Independence or Patriot, it's a big, you know, wicked, you know, trail out here in Colorado, one of the higher, harder rated trails. When I'm headed to do something like that, I know there's a, a chance I may break something because, you know, a lot of people come off that trail broken busted so i'll tow my rig you know my jeep down there um but a lot of times man uh, i'll wheel in in my big diesel truck just for fun if as long as it's on a forest road or any in any that th that gnarly stuff you know that stuff we have big major rock outcrops that you know pitch one way or another or, you know you're putting it on one wheel and three wheels are off the ground while you try to you know roll over rocks and stuff like that i say that for the jeep yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense, man. That's kind of where I'm at. I've got a, uh, right now I'm in a 19 F-150. Uh, I got the five liter in it and uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, right now I'm doing, uh, I can get some good leases through Ford. Uh, you know, that's where I work. And uh, I got the EcoBoost on my last one. I'm like, all right, I'm going to check out the EcoBoost. Now I got the five liter on this one. And I'm actually going to go back to the EcoBoost on my next one, uh, which will be cool. Because that EcoBoost just has just a ton of torque. I mean, that thing hauls the mail. When you load that sucker up, uh, it, it doesn't care. You know, it's kind of like a diesel that the, the whoosh just comes in. Whoosh, yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, it's <laughs> building boost and this, the freight train starts, you know, really cranking in there or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I got the FX4 package. So, you know, it's got the locking disc. It's got the skid plates on it. It's got a little more aggressive tires. So it's not, you know, it's not a rock crawler, but... Um, you know, a lot of times I'm putting my boat in and out and it's, uh, you know, pretty washed out, you know, slip to put it in. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got a pretty good grade on there. So, yeah, you put that thing in 4W and, you know, just rip that, you know, boat out of the water. Who cares? And, yeah, fire trails and stuff like that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we had this truck in the shop and we, we did a pretty cool show on it. It's one of the, you know, it's funny because a lot of people don't realize the difference between a Silverado and a Sierra. You know, the Chevy offering and the GMC offering. For those of you that don't, GMC, you know, kind of was a better trim package. Usually came with a little bit bigger sticker price, some fancier interior. Like it was the higher grade truck. But not by much. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know we just basically popped out an episode, uh, you know, on this Sierra, and uh, you know the thing, it was pretty uh, low years, but it had some pretty good mileage on it. So we we did some good upgrades on it. We uh, upgraded the suspension components. We added a little more power to it, and a few other goodies. So uh, why don't we take a quick break, Willie? When we come back, we'll dive a little bit more into the show. Keep talking about trucks because it's something obviously we both love. So you guys are into 
some trucks and a little behind the scenes on our Two Guys Garage uh, latest episode. Stick around. We'll be right back after this break. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today we're talking trucks. Everybody should have a truck. I just feel like, man, if you got property, a home, I don't care if you live in a a camper, man, you should have a truck. Everybody needs a truck. You know why? Because if you don't have a truck, you're always like, hey, man, can I borrow your truck? Can I borrow your truck? (laughs) (laughs) How many times you get asked, hey, man, can I borrow your truck? All the time. Yeah, no doubt. I tell you, man, as a guy myself who for years didn't own a truck, right? I mean, just wasn't in my budget to have, you know, my fast cars and a truck and all that stuff. Uh, it's amazing what you can get done without a truck. Maybe not entirely safe at all times. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe uh, a little sketchy on how you're stuffing things into said vehicles. But uh, one of the things I did, I went out and bought a cheap 4x8 trailer. So I had, you know, a 4x8 bed. Okay. Man, I could put drywall, plywood. I think I did two, like, full home renos. Literally towing this behind a Focus. Because you can tow, I think, 1,500 pounds, you know, Old Focus, right? <laughs> old Focus. 1,500 pounds. I'm like, dude, I can load that trailer up with like two, 3,000 pounds worth of car. And I just slow roll it home from, you know, the Home Depot or whatever. Uh, but man. I've seen pictures of you, bro. You're the guy with all the drywall stuff piled on top of the Ford Focus <laughs> in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> yeah, it might take a couple of extra trips, but, uh, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. But I tell you, man, when there's a truck, there's an easier way. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got the Home Depot 1995 truck <laughs> making deliveries to your house. Like, all right. Uh, you're right, man. W- when you do have a truck, it allows access to be able to do so much more, get things done. A lot of times it's just work you need to get done in around the house, right? But a lot of times that morphs into recreation fun. Whether you're like me, uh, I used to, you know, race pro motocross here in Colorado. Man, you had to have a truck. A lot of guys would show up with some sort of vehicle and a trailer behind it. But, man, you got to have a truck, you know? Au contraire. <laughs> <laughs> you can show up with a Focus with your dirt bike on your 4x8 trailer. Yeah, if you want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're on a budget, you know, I got I can't knock anybody for a little bit of ingenuity and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> steadfastness to make it happen. Now, it takes a lot more, uh, you know, effort, man. You, you throw anything behind a big old truck and you just go or you throw anything in the bed and you just go. But yeah, you know, when you're. You know, when you're wheeling them behind a Focus or something similar, yeah, you got to, you know. Exactly. Put a little bit more effort and thought into it. <laughs> so but, but. in the shop on the show, which, you know, hopefully you guys are checking out and watching, we had, a, you know, it was like a 2014 or 15, you know, GMC. Um, and, it, you know, it was a nice truck, but those those trucks tend to get worn. They're a 5.3 in most, in most applications, uh, which is a, you know, pretty robust engine. Uh, it's just after a while they start to sag, they start to fatigue a little bit. You can definitely wear those out fairly fast. Yeah, and this one, you know, a lot of these that I got a I got a beef with this era of Chevy trucks. Like first the square wheel wells, like terrible. I I, I just I want to know who is responsible. You know, hey, it's too small of a, a wheel and tire combo. Like you look yeah. at those massive wheel wells, it looks like the dude that never does legs in the gym. Like you skip leg day every day. It's like, man, you know those wheel wells are enormous. Or a little tiny tire in there, and they're square. Yeah, you know? like it didn't make any sense. And on top of that, you know they usually look a little bit heavy on the nose. Like you know they got a rake to them, which 
can look cool with the right set of wheels, the right mm. vehicle, etc. But on these trucks, it just looks like, you know, it's doing a nosedive, you know, and the back end just stick up in the air. So we, we, we try to attack both ends of that, right? We, yeah, we replace all the shocks and struts, which just can change... You know, the whole ride and handling on any vehicle that's old and tired, for sure. Yeah. Man. And then, you know, we used uh, sort of this Truck Plus leveling system from KYB. And it, you know, it jacks the front of the car back up a little bit to give it more of a flat stance. And so, I, I think it looks a lot better. We still got to work on those wheel wells. But. Yeah, man. Hideous. It's like SpongeBob Square Truck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it does, man. And, you know, with KYB coming to the plate, man, you know, we were able to to really improve the shocks. And, you know, there's a little bit of difference. People may not be aware of the difference between, like, a monotube shock and twin tube shocks. And there's a lot, right? Monotubes just are, are better overall, in my opinion. You know, they got a single valve mechanism in there where, you know, twin tubes ha- have several valves working, in, working together. And some of those fatigue over time and they wear out and they just, you know, they're not as good at, at dampening, in my opinion. You know, well, the big brain of Kev could probably allude a little bit more into it. But a significant difference between a, a monotube type shock and a twin tube type shock. Oh, you, you hit it right on the head. You know, like typically your entry level shock is a twin tube. You think, well. Why, why, you know, two tubes is better than one, right? But just by the way they're configured, you got an inner working chamber. Uh, and like Willie said, you got, you know, a couple, couple sets of valves in there that are not necessarily coordinated well with each other. And you've got fluid, the oil, you know, and it's exposed to the gas that's in there. And so, you know, going through these valves, especially if you're doing a lot of, uh, you know, pretty heavy work, you know, like if you're going over some fire trails, you know, if you're doing any off-roading and if you're doing any performance driving, so it's, this all applies to, you know, performance cars, race cars, on the track, you name it, you get frothing because the oil and the, you know, typically yeah, like a nitrogen gas, they're all mixed together and, you know, you get aeration and all of a sudden, you know, the viscosity changes in the fluid because it's all aerated and, and now your whole dynamics just goes to the wayside. So nothing is performing like it's designed, but yeah, you get a single, you know, monotube and it's got a floating piston in there, and it keeps the two, the air and the gas, separated. So you don't get that yep. fade, you know. So it's really the premium setup for any ride where you want to maintain performance. You know, you can go out and cruise. You know, one one fact is is monotubes have a lot higher oil capacity in the shock itself. So that yeah. that works really well. You know, as as far as just you know the fundamental role of dissipating heat and you know sort of that's the you know any capacity where you can up the oil you know it's like uh, the oil in your car if you could run you know seven quarts as opposed to five has better cooling capacity yeah and it, exactly and the, and the whole thing about aeration is for a certain amount of air you put in a larger capacity it's a smaller percent right so you got a smaller percent of yeah. aeration affecting so no you're absolutely right so you know, I got them on my little uh, my BMW M3, you know, my LS swap in it. They're all monotubes. And I mean, dang, you can just go romp on those things forever. And it's the same consistent performance all the time. And, you know, especially, guys, we're on, on, the, on, the, tr- on the trails, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like uh, sometimes you're white knuckling, you know, depending on what you're doing, how you're driving. And the last thing you want is your old 
shock system to kind of fall out from under you you know yeah man and, and they <laughs> definitely will if you get yourself into some hairy rocks and you know anybody out of moab <laughs> they ask them about you know how shocks can fade on, on a really nasty trail uh and it's not it's like brake fade that's not anything you need want or desire when you're out there you know hanging it out so the more consistent your performance can remain uh, the better it is in the end well it's great because it's a it's an awesome diy project so depending on what your skill level is right what your confidence is uh you know a shock and a strut change is usually very simple now shocks are dead simple right a bolt on top typically maybe yeah. two bolts on top one on the bottom vice versa you know, boom, that thing is out. Uh, now, struts can be a little more complicated, um, you know, because typically on a strut, you're encasing the spring. There's a lot of spring pressure in there. Uh, so getting that disassembled and reassembled might be a little bit, uh, you know, one, you got to really pay attention. There's some safety involved, but you can, you know, typically take <laughs> yeah. it to a shop and they'll disassemble and reassemble. But a lot of these struts now come with the springs already in them. They come with the, you know, the bearing support at the top so so literally there's like zero danger there and it's you know typically maybe three bolts at the top two at the bottom you know you might disconnect like a brake hose or something like that but from an ease standpoint and the impact you know the the payoff oh it's great you know awesome yeah. kind of diy type of project yeah it's something i feel confident anybody could do in their own garage or shop you know those those older struts that don't have that one piece you know ease of installment like the a lot of struts come nowadays now those suck <laughs> i'll go ahead yeah. and tell you uh, trying to bust those apart or you know condense the spring down to <laughs> get everything on man like those are we've all had that moment where a buddy was trying to compress one or something we're like Ooh, you know that nervous like i uh, hope he gets it uh type scenario whereas the one piece are always a lot easier for install man what a significant difference that makes in your car like if you're driving and your car is bouncing and really difficult to keep <laughs> in the lanes you know and you're like ah, oh, well tr try some struts man because it'll help significantly i know i want to wave those people down i'm like hey man that's an easy job you could probably right. do it you know and those yeah. things aren't expensive yeah <laughs> even if you yeah. do the cheaper twin tubes just hey there's a parts store right over there dude you know just pull yeah. in and grab a set for 60 bucks you know like you'll yeah. be way uh, better off a hundred you know, bucks man it will take that nightmare right out of your commute <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know if you don't have proper damping uh you can really start in inducing a lot of tire wear so right. you know by putting it off right you can get cupping and things like that i mean you can end up doing more damage to your tires than to just you know stop for a minute and and do the swaparoo, you know? Yeah, man. It's funny. Whenever, you know, I come up to one of my buddy's trucks or you see trucks out and about or wherever you're at, you know, doing your business, I always check out the tires and see what kind of, you know, what kind of wear pattern is happening. Because you'll get some that have the weirdest, oddest, like the patterns, like some cleats are really big. Some cleats on it are completely worn out. And it, it's amazing what the tire is going through uh, in the whole dampening process and what's causing that different wear pattern. Some of it's just camber, it's toe, it's all the other stuff. But man, you get some tires in it. And I've seen it come in on my Carson Christmas program where you're like, how on earth did the tire wear like this? It's just amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of micro motion that you you can't detect you can't see you know but there's that one guy that drives by you on the freeway and the tire just the one you know the one is going in these weird motions because <laughs> clearly they've got a bad shock or strut and you're like 
oh, okay, that little micro motion is now, you know, exaggerated by a hundred times, you know, and you're like, (laughs) oh, that's why it gets those funny patterns, (laughs) because that thing isn't rolling straight, man. It's like just hopping all over the place, scuffing and scraping up. Yeah. <laughs> so look, we gotta take a break right now, but you definitely need to check out our show, especially this one. Not only did we do some really cool things through the truck, but man, we had some other cool things make an appearance on the show as well. And maybe Kevin Ooh. will tell you how he lost his pinky on this show. No, I'm just kidding. Cool tools. Um, yeah, cool man. tools, man. I'm gonna give hey. you a hint. Cool tools. They are incredible. More details on that. And trust me, this is something you'll want to hear because we've all, I'd say most people that listen to this podcast, have fought a ball joint suspension components. We're going to make that life much easier for you after the break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We are back in just a minute. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today, it is all about trucks. Yeah, man. Hey, Kev, ask me my favorite color. I'm setting you up. Ask me my favorite color. Go ahead. Ask, uh, go ahead. Hey, ask my favorite hey, color. Hey, hey. Yeah. Hey, Willie. Yes. Yo, yo. Yo, what's your favorite color? Man? My favorite color is dirty, bro. Dirty. That's why I like driving a truck. Because I be getting dirty all the time. Um, <laughs> but I, I will tell you, normally behind my truck is something pretty. You know, and G-Technic is one of those companies that helps keep them pretty. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, but this company has some amazing products. I actually got to go down and see some of this being applied. You, you know how difficult it is to find any sort of coating for your paint that lasts for months and stands up to the elements and, you know, wash elements. A lot of people use Dawn soap, which just takes most of any type wax, right, right off of it. Um, You know, a lot of people use dish detergent, stuff like that. But when they say, when they say rinse and repeat, they mean go and repeat putting the wax back on. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I tell a lot of people, man, like Crystal Serum Ultra from this company called G-Technic is something you want to work with. You got to take your ride to a, like a real deal like detailer, one of their certified detailers, because it is a few steps. But man, you're talking nine years of protection. It's pretty amazing stuff. Nine years. Not not three weekends, yeah. right? Nine years. No. That's like as long as you own your car. You're never out there <laughs> having to wax that thing again, and you've got all this protection, super hard ceramic finish. But what's great about that on top is it helps keep your car clean. The water just flows right off. The dirt and debris doesn't stick so easy so you don't have to wash it nearly as much and when you do it's so much easier man what a great way to go this is no joke when i was down there with kevin the guy that runs g technic or is one of their one of their boys he's like willie you want me to drive this car with water and i was like shut up <laughs> what are you smoking um because you know we'd missed it we'd wax it and you know done our, done our stuff and he was like what's this and literally he took takes a water hose right with an open spout and man there's no like no tension no surface tension it literally just whoosh takes everything with it and the car dries and it has like two drops on the entire trunk of the car and i'm like oh my god i'm like you really did just dry it with water he's gonna put the sham wow guy out of business (laughs) (laughs) yeah man so if you guys need something like that g-t-e-c-h-n-i-q.com g-technic really cool stuff man it is it's wicked it does help help keep your car a lot cleaner down the road yeah on this side of the pond usa.gtechnic.com for sure man 
All right, so when it comes to trucks, man, what's the baddest rig you've ever owned? Have you ever owned a truck that you got to go play with and got to go wheeling on, or you got a buddy that's owned one? Like, you know, what kind of holy moments Oof. have you had in a truck? Man, uh, let's see. I, I think we talked about this one before. One of my roommates in college had just an old Silverado truck and, uh, you know, was out wheeling, and, and I had, uh, you know, we would come home from the bar, you know, they went out wheeling. I kind of went to sleep <laughs> and I uh, woke up the next morning and they never made it home and they got stabbed by a big tree trunk <laughs> through the front of the truck. <laughs> yeah, <I> remember <laughs> like that. Zeus himself just took a spear <laughs> and, boom, you know, Thor. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. <laughs> you've rolled, you've rolled one before, haven't you? I, I've rolled a couple rigs before, oh. man. It's not Ooh. pleasant. I, I don't recommend anybody. <laughs> Uh, putting their truck upside down or you know unfortunately one of mine was down a hill so oh, yeah it's man. uh oh it's it's a rough ride let me tell you it's much better take any downhill terrain or uphill terrain on the tires as opposed to on the roof and the side then back on the roof and the side yeah it's much much easier on the wheels it's amazing so yeah before the break i think we teased uh you know ball joints and things tie rods you know sometimes those those suckers are just a booger oh my you God. know uh, yeah. And, you know, the typical thing you do is you go get a bigger hammer and a bigger hammer and you just wail and wail. And, and you know, I can't say that I haven't done it quite a bit in my <laughs> lifetime, you know? Yeah, man. Because, uh, you know, you use the tools at hand and you try to do the least amount of damage and hopefully zero. Uh, but when you get out a big hammer, you're probably hurting something somewhere, you know? Like, yeah. uh, even if you can't see it, a lot of times you might be inducing a tiny little fracture, and that fracture can grow and grow and grow, you know? Uh, but we got some tools, you know, we hooked up with Walmec, and now these are professional tools, so they're a little bit more on the wish list, you know? Something to, like, aspire to. Uh, but if you're definitely, you know, working in the shop and you're turning wrenches and you're making some money, you got to check them out. The the favorite, I mean, we got to play with a few of them. You know, one is to pull off a rusty rotor, you know, so it's a hydraulic system. It's got some clamps that grab onto the rotor. You know, the hydraulics push in the center. And literally, you know, that's another thing I know we've all beat on at some point in time, whether you're sitting on the ground and you're kicking back and forth with one foot than the other foot, trying to get that rotor loose, or you just go out there and get that big sledge and start banging. Yeah. Uh, but this thing pops off uh, whatever size rotor and just bink. Just like that. Just right. pink. You know, okay, next step, please. Yeah, that was impressive, but I feel like as a man, I can handle pretty much any rotor that comes up against me. However, ball joints, son, that's a different fight. Yeah. It's like, whoa, man. Ball joints and, you know, any sort of tie rod ends that are really worn and busted. Um, but th some of these tools made that process so easily handled you could even do it on the truck i was you know on the camera I, I was showing how you could remove the entire hub still on the truck so if you own a shop you're thinking downtime downtime is money right well if you could do hubs or anything like that right on the vehicle not have to blow everything apart dude you're saving a lot of time therefore saving a lot of money yeah well i think the heart of it is they've got this you know little hydraulic unit you know so it's got a piston that comes out you know a threaded shaft well, you can take this hydraulic unit and it's got a little pneumatic hydraulic pedal, right? So you hook your shop air to it. it just looks like a little shoe box with a, you know, a little pedal that you can, you know, toggle back and forth on the top. You know, it connects to this unit. Well, now you can configure 
all kinds of like just hard metal parts, you know, to, to yeah. do all kinds of things. So it's a very universal thing with, with the power unit being the single source for a lot of this stuff, right? And uh, like I said, just to press wheel hubs and bearings uh, apart and back together. I mean, like I said, on the vehicle, the time saving, but yeah, the ball joint one, because that's where typically, you know, you're swinging a sledge and you're up in the wheel well. And a lot of times you don't have the room to even get the right swing. And, you know, so you're doing these little half swings, you know, bang, 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 bang. And a lot of times you can end up damaging stuff. So, you know, you might not be replacing the actual tie rod. You might just be pulling the tie rod to get a CV axle out, you know? So you don't want to yeah. bust yeah. that thing up. You don't want to tear the boot. You don't want to, you know, kind of compress the socket, you know, that the ball in there is rotating around. So now it's not perfectly round anymore. Or if you're hitting on the stud, you know, you can end up damaging those threads, you know, to the point where you can't get the nut back on and it doesn't torque right. And Oh, man, guilty. Yeah. And it's so much better than any, you know, homemade tool. I, I do a lot of cars. You may have heard me mention this Cars for Christmas program. And I made a big old long bar that I pin in when I'm doing like any forward, knocking the ball joints off of it so I could use the leverage of the actual steering box. I get a, I get a truck, turn it on, you know, and turn the wheels so it puts a lot of force, more leverage than I can get at it with a hammer and helps me pry it off. This thing, man, this thing makes that job so simple so easy it's like how long did it take you to bust the ball joint apart like 10 seconds like done it's like oh it's that easy Dude, it wasn't even a second so think about you know most people are familiar with a pickle fork you yeah. know so pickle fork is like if you just take your two fingers and spread them apart and just shove them right in the in the you know the split line between the joint and then you hammer on that sucker which you inevitably tear up the boot but take two pickle forks uh with a hydraulic in between and they just they separate and so literally it's like, put the tool in, push the pedal, and it's done. Then you go to the next one, done. Go to the next one, done. Yeah. It's like, wow. You know, before I took, you know, one and a half swings on a sledgehammer, I got all of them knocked out. Yeah, exactly, man. It was. It's impressive, you guys. It really is. It's a, it's a set of tools that use common parts so you could add on to a tool you buy. If you buy something, say, to remove, you know, wheel hubs and bearings, you add a certain couple of other components, and all of a sudden you got the one that, say, can remove ball joints and a few other suspension parts. So they're really intuitive how they'll use similar parts and just add on. And look, they're expensive tools. They're sort of shop-type stuff. But in my opinion, 110% worth the money, worth the investment. Like, man. You know, I worked as a mechanic for years and years and uh, in the shop, and we had all kinds of great tools. We never had anything like that. And I tell you what, if we did, we'd have been making a lot more money. Uh, and they got a whole lineup of stuff. Yeah. They got great videos so you can see, you know, how they all operate. And you can see how they work, you know, some of them that we got to use on our on our show. So check out the, you know, latest episodes of Two Guys Garage, uh, and you'll see them. But, yeah, if you want to even dive deeper, check wow. out their website and all the different ways that they can uh, help you out. and. Man, I know we're on the same page. Tools are everything. You know, whether it's your welder, your grinder, you know, the one go-to tool, your impact wrench, you know, impact gun, whatever it is, yeah, your yeah. ratchet wrenches. All right, outside, outside your intuitive and creative mind, what is your most critical, crucial tool in your shop garage? Well, the one that probably... It's been around for a long time is my uh my old ingersoll rand 
uh, impact gun because it's just, you know, done so much just brute work. You know, not getting out the crowbar or anything, just yeah. and I've had it for twenty five years. You know, so this this little badass dude is my my little friend. You know, and and if you got something that's yep. that's stuck and it ain't gonna come off, you just snap it off. You know, so that one. Um, you know, and then I've got this pair of of uh, they're like big long handle channel locks, but uh, God, I don't even know what brand they are. And I got those twenty five years ago. But the way the, the teeth and the claws are, uh, it has got the baddest grip. You know, like channel locks are channel locks, but these are something else. They got the baddest grip to them. Uh, so I have removed so many stuck things that maybe it's rounded off, you know, whatever. And I remember doing a lot of alignments where you're kind of under the car. You're, you're trying to look up at the computer screen to see when you got the toe in just right. And you're reaching up, trying to spin the tie rod to get the toe in, toe out. And these suckers just yeah, yeah. reach right up there and grab anything and get spun, no matter how you know tight and stuck. So those are the first ones that come to mind, man. But uh, what about you, man? What what what's kind of your go-to or badass tool? Uh, duct tape. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I, I I got a a really wicked new set. I got them from Monster Tools. They're really really long. But they're they're like gear wrench, you know, they're like a gear wrench, long, you know, kind of a box in wrench. But the cool thing is they're incredibly sturdy and you could flip the way it turns. So if you need to loosen or tighten, you could do it right on the head. And I'm telling you, all of them are really long, like a foot and a half to two feet. So it gives you a lot of leverage. So you stick it up in, you know, a tight, you know, situation and you literally all you got to do is move it you know, an inch and you get a click out of it. And if you need to tighten it, you're good to go. If you want to loosen it, you just click the little head of it and it goes the other direction and allows you a lot of leverage on a really tiny, tiny head. But man, you could put some torque to it. Like I've put an immense amount of torque to it. So it, it really is, man. Those are crucial and those hard to reach sort of spots that I find myself in. And man, I I don't know that anything is coming more clutch than those. Man, that that's nice because I, I you know I've got a set of gear wrenches and of course they're the go to. Uh, they're shorty, so yeah, I don't get the you know the leverage point, but they're one directional. And man, right, you know you can get yourself into a spot where you start spinning one directional, and all of a sudden you know maybe the nut gets far enough out that you can't get the the wrench off of it. There's not enough clearance, and all of a yeah, sudden you're yeah. like, oh crap. What am I going to do? Because I can't spin the nut yeah. back on to get the wrench off. You know, you're like, do I have to hey, cut out part of my car to get this? Dude, these things <laughs> have this massive hardened little shell that just slides around whatever the fastener is. Uh, and it's really thin. But man, you can, dude, you could rip with some some pounds on it. Because I, I, dude, you know me, I could, I could turn a wrench with a little bit of torque. And I, I've been at it as hard as I could pull on it to break bolts free. And they just take it. It's, it's really, man, it's nice, dude. It leverages everything when it comes to working on, you know, some sticky bolts. <laughs> when you see what we did and we're able to do with this Sierra, knowing that a lot of you out there listening have a truck, I think you'll appreciate some of the upgrades. And, you know, especially for us guys that like to drive trucks, you know, like me, whenever, when I'm, when I'm in my truck, it's like, 
Well, one of the things I constantly say is like, you know, calm down, gas tank. We're all empty inside. <laughs> I realize, you know, gas mileage isn't a thing you consider when you're driving a truck, at least not mine. Uh, but, you know, as far as just being able to go to A to B and get the job done, a truck is where it's at. And I really think you'll enjoy the show. Oh, absolutely. And we've got so many other ones. If you've got Motor Trend On Demand, you know, you can check out all the different episodes, skim through them. Uh, some really fun content on there. There you go, man. And don't forget about our show, Air Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. and not, man, take them tools at them. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Uh, thanks to my man, Kevin Bird, our producer, Scoop, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, check out our website because we got all the kind of products and tools and things that we use. So that's a great resource, twoguysgarage.com. And share your thoughts with us. We're on social. We're everywhere, man. We're checking it out. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this podcast, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's a copyright 2020, Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. That means you can't steal it, but you can buy us breakfast. We'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. That's our favorite tool, a fork. <laughs> That's right. I need another helping of coffee while we're at it. All right. I had a good time on this one. Hope you guys did too. We'll catch you next time. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, Visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.